0: And verse 46 is where we're going. Have you ever had, those of you who have children, or if you don't have children, you can understand or relate to the story, but have you ever had, a, had your child say to you, something seemed off and you asked them about it, and, and the story that they tell you doesn't quite match what you think happened? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? I remember Heather and I were talking about this last night. I remember one of the times Zoe had disappeared and we were wondering where where she was what she was doing and uh, she was upstairs we knew that she was upstairs we just thought she was playing in a room and Heather called her down and said what's going on I'm just painting my nails well anytime a three-year-old tells you that they're painting their nails there's always more to that story right Sometimes the evidence doesn't always match the story, so Heather made her way upstairs and found gray nail polish all over the carpet, all over the wall, and uh, she had a little bit of an issue with that gray nail polish, but needless to say, the evidence didn't quite match the story. The Bible tells us that you and I are living epistles. You and I are witnesses of the story of the resurrection. And I hope this morning that your life, the evidence of the resurrection in your life, matches the story of the resurrection. I hope that the, the evidence, if we were to start going through the, the evidence of your life, that it would match the story of the resurrected Christ. You know, you might be sitting there thinking, Pastor, uh-huh. <laughs> resurrection and me, resurrection. <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure about that. But the Bible tells us that you and I, we have the resurrection power, the same Spirit. Everybody say, same Spirit. Yes. The same Person that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you and me. Paul said in Ephesians that he had been given the grace of God to declare the unsearchable riches and the mystery of the gospel. I want you to think about that—the power, the mystery of the gospel. If you wanted to solve a mystery, if you're going to play Clue with your family this week on spring break, or you're going to do things, and you want to solve a mystery, you got to what? You got to find the evidence. If you want to know who murdered someone in in the study, you got to go find the evidence of who murdered who or who did what. You're looking for what? The proof. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that, the, that what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it is what? The evidence. It's the proof. Well, let's just take this a step further. In Galatians 2.20, it says what? That this life that I live, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved. So there ought to be some evidence in your life of the mystery of the gospel. And today, I hope it increases. I hope that that resurrection power increases. I hope the awareness of the goodness of God in your life increases today. In Luke 24 and verse 46, it says, Then He said to them, this is Jesus speaking, Thus it is written, and thus that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up up, up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. What are we witnesses of? What, are, what, what is the evidence in our life? What have we been made witnesses of? Jesus says it right here in verse 46. He said... Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. What are we witnesses of, one? We are witnesses of Christ's suffering. Now, I, I want to I just pause here. A witness is not someone who just has head knowledge. A witness is is not someone who just has read a book about a subject and and has an understanding about something. A witness is someone who has proof, who has a reality of a fact. And so for you and I, it's more than just having head knowledge that God is good, but we've tasted of his goodness. It's, It's more than having a head knowledge that there's forgiveness and freedom of sin. But we've been forgiven and the grace of God is changing and transforming our lives. Amen. It's more being a witness is more than a head knowledge. It's experience. I hope today that Jesus, the same Jesus that was resurrected from the dead, is walking this room today. And I hope, man, I hope that you see his presence all over this place. I hope that today that you're experiencing more than just head knowledge, that you are a witness of his power. That you're a witness of his presence. He's here today, friend. As a witness, we're witnesses of his suffering. Isaiah 53 talks about the suffering of Christ, that he was oppressed, he was afflicted, he was despised and rejected. He was led to the slaughter. This is not the story of a depressed man. You know, you read Isaiah 53 and you see depression. Jesus was not depressed. But he carried your depression. Today, if you're here and depression and and mental illness and things trouble you, let me tell you, friend, our Jesus can heal every ailment. He's carried your depression. He's carried your oppression. He's carried your rejection. If you're here today and people have rejected, anybody been rejected this morning? If you feel like the rejected woman at Jesus' feet, He's carried your rejection. Amen. We're witnesses of Christ's suffering. He was oppressed, afflicted, despised, rejected. 1 Corinthians 15.3 says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. I want you to think with me for a moment that before the foundation of the world, there was a plan for your redemption. Before time began, tell your neighbor, before you were breathing... Before you were ever thought of, my mom and daddy used to say, before you were ever thought of, you might have been thought of in the mind of God, but you know, mom and daddy weren't around yet. Time had not yet began, and there was a plan of redemption. Ephesians 1.4 says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. 2 Timothy 1.9 says that He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before there was an Adam and an Eve, before there was an earth, there was a plan of redemption. God and His, and his wisdom, God and, and His all-knowing, all knew that there was going to be a need for redemption for you and I. And there was a promise made between the Father and the Son. There was, there was a covenant of redemption that was made for you and I. We were found in Christ. before. My good God, that's exciting. <laughs> before I ever even had a chance to sin, God had a plan in place. Before I, even, before I could even act out or be born into sin, God had a plan to handle my sinfulness. Wow! Now I want you to think about it. Any parents probably been down this road before, and you can relate a little bit. You know, we're getting ready to have our third child. And, you know, you think about when, you, when you're having babies and things, and you're, especially your first baby, you think about what kind of world are my kids being born into? You know, you start, you look at the world around you and you think, you know, God is giving us this wonderful gift of children. And you're thinking about the the preciousness of the gift. But my goodness, what a world to be born into. And as Christian parents, we start making plans and preparations that they'll, they'll be raised under godly uh, wisdom and counsel, that they'll be raised in a godly church family. And, and you, you know, you, you start thinking about how you're going to raise your children in the fear of the Lord and teach them the ways of the Lord. And, and you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How much more so did God before time ever began, had a plan in place for His children so that when we were created in His image, when we were born in His image, there was a plan of redemption. I was still an enemy. I was still under the the rule of my father, the devil. I was still believing the lie. I was still living the lie. And yet, yet, God... But God, in the middle of that, had a plan. Thank you, Jesus. Christ, through His suffering, I I want you to think about this. Through the suffering of Christ, we see the greatest display. We see the greatest display of the glory of God. The suffering and death of Christ is the greatest manifestation of the great glory of God. It is the highest display of God's grace. The goal of entire history of redemption is to bring about the praise of the glory of the grace of God. And in that we find our true joy. That's what redemption is all about. That's what redemption is all about. That we could find our joy, our fulfillment in God. And we find our delight in God. It's more than just. It's not just a ticket out of hell. Thank God I'm not going to hell. But redemption is more than that. It's. It is that and more. It is my absolute, the 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 epitome, that the absolute maximum, of delight and enjoyment of God. That's why I was redeemed. That's where I find my purpose. That's where I find my identity. That's why I was created and when i when i discover that it is it is it is the sweetest of all blessings the redemption of god the the plan of redemption is the greatest tell your neighbor the greatest more than any miracle more than any healing more than any blessing it is the greatest display Of God's glory revealed to humankind. That humanity was fallen. Humanity was broken. And before the foundation of the world, before there was ever an opportunity for for brokenness to happen, God had a plan for healing. God had a plan for restoration. Because of Christ's suffering, I want, to th- I want to think about this. I want to talk about this, the suffering of Christ. Because of his suffering, Christ took the full wrath of God upon him. I deserve the wrath of God. I deserved 100% of God's wrath towards sin. In Galatians 3.13, it says that Christ redeemed us from the curse. He became the curse. He took upon the wrath. God didn't turn his head away from sin. God didn't ignore sin. The wrath. The Can you think about that for a moment? The creator of the world. The one who spoke and the worlds came into existence. The one who rained down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. The one that turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt. The one who who created all that we see that formed this wonderful plan of redemption. This God did not ignore sin, but poured out 100% full wrath. Against sin upon his son, Christ and his suffering took upon himself the wrath of God so that I would not have to bear it. Christ took my sin and he purchased my forgiveness. Not only did he take the wrath of God, but he made a way for me to be forgiven. He made he became the sacrifice. He became the sacrifice for me. And because of his sacrifice, I am forgiven. Christ, in His suffering, demonstrated for you and I a perfect righteousness. He could have easily changed plan midstream. I'm not so sure about this. Let's come up with another plan. He could have called on legions of angels to pull Him off the cross, to change the plan of redemption, to do something different. But in the middle of suffering, everybody say in the middle of suffering. We always want out of suffering. We don't want to go through suffering but it was the suffering of Christ and because he went through the suffering that I have a righteousness I have a righteousness. It was a perfect righteousness. It's a righteousness not of my own. It's, it's, it's a garment that I can put on. It, it's not a garment that's stained with sin. It's not a garment that I made, but it's it's the garment of God. It's the, it's the righteousness. It's the, it's the garment of, of Christ. The righteousness of Christ that I can put on. And it's pure. And it's spotless. It's not anything that I did to earn it. I don't deserve it. But, but Jesus placed It upon me. He put His righteousness upon me. When I didn't deserve it, all I said was, Lord, I I need you, forgive me. I need to say, Lord, I just come humbly before I had a revelation of the goodness of God, and He puts upon me this amazing gift of righteousness. It was obtained for me in the midst of His suffering. In the middle of His suffering, He disarmed the devil. In Colossians chapter 2, it says he canceled the certificate of debt that was against me by nailing it to the cross. I want you to think about that. The Bible says that the devil is what? He's the accuser of the brethren. He's, He's like that debt collector. He just keeps calling, saying, you got a debt. You gotta pay the debt. He just keeps calling. Now that I heard the other day on the news, they're gonna start texting people. De- debt agencies—they're changing the law. They can start texting you. <clears throat> so pay the debt. So, <clears throat> so, you know, they they just keep calling. They keep reminding you of what you owe. The devil just keeps reminding you of what you owe. But Jesus took the certificate of debt that was against you, and obliterated it by nailing it to the cross. Oh, I owed. Oh yeah, I owed big time. I owed my life. I owed something that I I couldn't. The old song says I owed a debt that I could not pay. There was a certificate of debt that was against me, but Christ nailed it to the cross, obliterating the debt from me. Christ defeated death by suffering death. Hebrews 2 says that through his death, he rendered powerless the devil who had power over death. He, he robbed, he took away, he stole the power of death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Christ defeated death for you and I. That's why we could sing the song we sang this morning. There ain't no grave. Gonna <laughs> hold my body down. There's no grave. There's no, what can separate me from the love of God? (laughs) Nothing. There's no grave. Death cannot separate me because Christ has overcome death. Healing was purchased in Christ's suffering. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says that by his stripes you are healed. Healing is paid for because he suffered. Because he suffered, Christ brings us to the Father. Ephesians 3.18 says that through him, we have access to the Father. In his suffering, Christ brought us victory. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. We are witnesses of his suffering. We are witnesses of his suffering, because of his suffering, in his suffering. I have the, a multitude of blessings and victory because he suffered. Jesus said, "Not only are we witnesses of the, his, his suffering, but we are witnesses of His resurrection. It says that he would rise from the dead. First Peter 1:3 one three, one three says, "We are born again into a living hope through what? the resurrection. Our live, we have a hope. You know, it would be one thing, Christ said, I'm going to die for your sin, but, but that wouldn't give us hope. That really wasn't the final answer. But because he rose from the dead, because he was resurrected, we were born again into a living hope. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. There's, we are witnesses of the resurrection. In Romans 8-11, we said it earlier, but it says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of me. I want you to think about that. Man, you've got resurrection power living right here. You've got resurrection power right here. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what? The crazy thing is, we understand we got resurrection power. But does it affect how we live? When you've got resurrection power living on the inside of you, when when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to talk to that person in the grocery line. Come on, on, don't shut me down when I'm preaching truth. Talk to that person in the grocery line. Ooh, I, don't, I can't do that. I don't know. I don't know. You got resurrection power on you. Yeah. Lay hands on them. Well, what if they don't get healed? You've got resurrection power on the inside of you. It's, it's not your decision whether they, it's not, listen, it's not your decision whether they get healed or get born again. That's not up to you. You've got power. Your job is to release it you hear me? Your job is not to control the outcome, but to release what you've got on the inside of you. When you do your part, God always does his part. It may not happen when you want it to or how you want it to, but God's going to do his part. I said God's going to do his part. I'm sure. There was a thought in Jesus. We see it in the garden when Jesus is wrestling God is there. Can we change the plans? <laughs> is there another way to do this? But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. I'm sure there was a thought in that moment. God, now if I if I do this, are you really going to raise me up? I mean, are we really going to do this? Is this we is this, you know, we're going to go through this whole process or are you going to we're going to stick to the plan, right? I'm going to die they're going to beat me they're going to crucify me and we're going to stick to this plan right you say well jesus never thought well yes, yeah, sure he did he had the nature of man he was tempted in every way that that we are i can assure you i would be asking the question now if i do this you're going to do your part right You're not breaking the covenant on me. I know I want to break the covenant, but you're not breaking the covenant. And he begins to walk through this process of resurrection life. Release it. Release the resurrection power that's on the inside of you. And God will do his part. We're witnesses of the resurrection. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read this about the resurrection. This is This is powerful. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12, it says, if Christ is preached. Now, now as I read this, it's going to take on maybe the, the negative. If Christ was not resurrected, what would it look like? So I want you to, as we read this, understand that th- this is not God saying this isn't happening. This is if the resurrection didn't happen, this is, this is what we're facing. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. If the resurrection hadn't happened, then our preaching's in vain. Your faith is in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise If in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised. Not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised. Your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only. We are all of men most to be pitied. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. (laughs) This isn't just a fable. He Has been raised from the dead. So, what is this saying? What does this verse mean? That if Christ really has been raised from the dead, and that's what we know and that's what we believe, then it means first and foremost, we are forgiven. If Christ is raised, then the work of redemption is complete. Romans 4.25 says that he was delivered over because of our transgressions, and he was raised for our justification. So because he was raised from the dead, we are justified. Our faith is well-founded. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, our faith would be worthless. But because he has been, our faith is well-founded. I can live this life, Galatians 2.20, by faith. And know that I'm established in Christ. Doesn't matter what happens in this life. I am rooted. I am founded in Christ. I am living by faith. We know that because Christ was raised from the dead. What we preach and say and live and believe is true. We are witnesses of his resurrection. You can't tell me that it's not real. I don't need to go see the tomb. I'm looking forward to the day that I do. But but I know he's alive. And it has nothing to do with what I see or what I don't see in this life. I know of the power of the resurrection because he's living in me. Because there's a faith that's alive and active on the inside of me. And because of his resurrection, 1 Corinthians 4.17, we ought to be envied above all. This light and momentary affliction is, way, is, is working for you and I, what? An eternal, is what is it working? An eternal weight of glory. People may mock you, may, may jeer and mock and ridicule what you believe and what you stand for. The world may be turning against Christians right now and, and saying horrendous things. But let them say what they want. Let them talk. The dogs may bark, but the caravan keeps on moving. <laughs> let them talk. Let them say what they will, because there is an eternal weight of glory awaiting me, awaiting you. So say what you want, but you're going to be en- there's coming a day where you're going to be envious of what I have. You may have mocked it. You may have jeered at it, but there's coming a day when you will see that what I've been preaching, what I've been living, and what I've been believing is real. And the dividing line will be had. I'm witnesses. I'm a witness. You're a witness. We're witnesses. I'm I'm a witness. (laughs) I'm a witness. Is there any witnesses in here this morning of the resurrection? (laughs) Oh my goodness, there's coming a day, friend, because Christ was raised from the dead. The Bible says that he was the first fruits of the resurrection. There's coming a day. Gravity's gonna let loose. <laughs> I'm gonna hear things I've never heard before. I'm gonna see things I've never seen before. It doesn't matter to me whether I go soaring. People say you're gonna go soaring through the sky. I, it doesn't matter. I, I whether I go flying through the sky or I'm translated and I'm here and there. I don't. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to see Jesus. (laughs) I don't think you heard me. <laughs> I, I don't think you see right now I'm a I'm a witness by faith. I'm a witness of the resurrection by faith. I'm a, I'm a witness of, of the suffering of Christ and, and his resurrection by faith. I'm a witness of redemption by by faith. There's a work of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me by faith. But good God, there's coming a day where it, it, it's not gonna just be by faith. The the evidence is gonna be staring me in my eyes. There's gonna be there's gonna be a day where he's gonna be looking right at me right into me (laughs) so woo! (laughs) yeah there's there's coming a day (laughs) my god the first fruits I'm a witness of the resurrection yeah I am (laughs) but there's coming a day where where I'm not going to be telling you what I believe by faith and what I've experienced by faith you're going to not see me anymore. (laughs) This world ain't going to see me no more. It ain't going to see me until they see me on a white horse riding right alongside of him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I I wish somebody had helped me this morning. (laughs) Not only not only is he the first fruits of my resurrection that I'm going to I'm going to just as he rose out of that grave whether I go by way of the grave or the rapture trumpet sounds either way I'm going I've got I've got my ticket I'm going I'm if the deal is sealed I'm I'm headed there but it doesn't stop there (laughs) If, if, if he became this humble took on took on the nature of a man. If he if he took on the fallen nature of a man and and lived perfectly, sinlessly, and humbled himself, emptied himself, and became a man, came came into creation as a baby, allowed the humanity that he created to beat him and mock him and ridicule him, and and spit up and. If he did that then I know I got to know that there's coming a day where he's coming back not as a baby. Yeah. He's coming back as a man, but he's coming back as a conquering king. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm going to be able, I'm going to have my white horse and I'm going to be riding in line alongside of him. Go, Jesus! You got it! You can do it! I'm going to try, I'm going to look at all that. It's going to be a bloody mess. I'm going to look, I'm going to see the sword coming out of his mouth. And he'll put a final, final end to it all. So as a witness of the resurrection, I'm a witness that he's coming back as a conquering king. I'm a witness that when he comes back as a conquering king, that he's going to put a final end to all of the suffering. He's going to put a final end to all depravity. He's going to put a final end to all of it. And so shall we ever be with him. My God. (laughs) I feel like he could come back this moment. You know, there's just those times. You're like, I, I don't know. Lord, is it now's the time? Now would be a great time. Now would be a great time. It's Easter morning in church, preaching about the rest. This is perfect. <laughs> we'll see who's gonna. The Baptists are gonna beat us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're gonna get there before us and they're gonna get at the table and start eating ahead of us. We're gonna have to come on, Jesus. <laughs> those have been around church a while get that. Not only are we witnesses of his suffering, his resurrection, but we are witnesses of repentance and forgiveness. I'm a witness of his forgiveness. I'm a witness of his repentance. It is according, Romans 2, 4, according to the kindness, the kindness of God that draws me to repentance. That word kindness in the Greek is it's the it's the word for the multifaceted grace of God. It's the, it's the grace, the multifaceted, this dynamic grace of God that draws me to repentance. I didn't, I didn't know I even needed to repent. I didn't even know I was in need of a savior, but he found me. He he knew me before time began. He, he knew. He knew that I needed a Savior before time began. And when, when the time, the fullness of time came. I, 20 Harvell Court in Cottage Hills, Illinois on a Sunday morning in Children's Church watching Jonah and the whale on the flannel graph. When Jonah showed up in the belly of the fish by the blacklight, I knew in that moment that God put his hand on me. (laughs) I'm a witness. I'm a witness of repentance and forgiveness. I didn't deserve it. There was nothing that I could do. To obtain it, God put his love all over me and there was no escape. (laughs) He had me at hello. There was no running. Jonah, running from God. And I realized in that moment, how does it how does a child, how does someone realize in that moment? Well, I don't want to do and we Oh, well, that's just logic. No, logic isn't has anything to do with the Holy Ghost comes and causes you to realize. Yeah, he he affects if there's logic, it's because the Holy Ghost is affecting it. And you realize, whoa, I don't want to be like that. Repentance, I am a witness of his forgiveness how great is the forgiveness of god acts 3:19 is one of my favorite verses it says repent everybody say repent. Repent. repent repent turn to god that your sins may be blotted out when you repent when the Holy Spirit comes and draws you to the Father and, and there's a turning to God and a turning from the old and turning to God, a change of direction, change of mind, change of life. This, this isn't just turning over a new leaf or making a New Year's resolution. This is a change of who you are. It's, a, it's an absolute, utter change Totality, finally and forever. Change of who you are. Change of your very nature. The Bible says that you become a new creation in Christ. Repentance brings about a new nature on the inside of you. And when, when that happens, when repentance, put the verse back up. When repentance comes, when, when repentance comes and God grants you repentance, to, and, and the new nature comes, what, what's happening? He's blotting out. He blots out your sin that word it means to obliterate your sin. In in the in the Greek history they they would write down your debts on wax tablets. If you owed money they would they would engrave it, inscribe it on a wax tablet. And and when you paid off your debt, they would take a smudger and smudge the wax to erase your debt. It would be, it would be absolutely obliterated that you had a debt. And that's what, that, that's what Christ does. He, he's nailed that debt certificate to the cross. He's obliterated even the trace of your sin. The, 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 the shackles that held you captive, he obliterates them. The skeletons in your, in your closet that, that you don't want anybody to know about. You don't want anybody to talk about the skeletons in your closet. The things. He obliterates them. The things that, that drive your conscience crazy. And you thought, man, I, I thought I'd never do that. Or say, I can't believe I ever went there or did that or said that. The, the forgiveness of God obliterates it all. My goodness, somebody got to help me preach this morning. Has anybody had any sin obliterated in their life? Yeah. If you know the obliterating power of God, man, there it gives you a joy. There's a reason to rejoice. He blots it out that what times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Sin has effects. Sin will, will deplete you. It will, it will harm your conscience. It will give you a guilty conscience. It will, it will hold you in captivity. It will drain your emotions. It will ca- cause you to, to see yourself in a filter that, that isn't godly. It will cause you to see others in a way that's not godly. Sin has effects. And when the seasons of refreshing come, it's like the, it's the cool breeze in that summer desert heat. That just blows all of those effects away. It's like you were, you were parched for water. You were desperate for water. Looking for an oasis in the desert. And, and when you repent. And the sins are blotted out. Seasons of refreshing come. And all of the effects from the heat are, are removed. He refreshes you. It comes from the presence of the Lord. Now I love this. You keep going. It says... Jesus is coming, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things. Now, this this is talking about a futuristic restoration. But but I just want to capture this, that Christ is able to restore your life. What the enemy has destroyed, what the what sin has destroyed, not only does he remove the effects, but he's able to restore What was removed or destroyed because of sin, he's able to restore. If there's a relationship that has been affected by your sin, not only is he able to remove the effects on you, he's able to restore you. Some of you need to hear this morning, God is able to restore your marriage. Not only is he able to remove the effects from sin, but he is able to restore the marriage. He's able to make it better than what it was before. Somebody needs to say amen. He's able to restore your, your life. What, what sin, drugs, relationships, the drive for success, the drive for recognition, whatever it is in your life, that sin that had a stronghold, he removes the effects and restores your life. Yeah, the power. I am a witness of repentance and forgiveness. What about you today? Is there evidence in your life? Worship team, you can come on back. Evidence in your life? A witness is one who has evidence. Do you have evidence of redemption in your life? Do you have evidence of the resurrection power in your life? Do you have evidence of the goodness of God in your life? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank God for his resurrection. Thank God for the resurrection. Thank God for for redemption. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering. That in your suffering I have freedom. (laughs) My God. That you didn't run out of suffering. You embraced it. I, I just I that's a good word for somebody today. Don't try to run from your suffering. Just embrace it. And watch what Jesus will do in your life. After all, Jesus embraced his suffering and redemption came out of it. Wonder what will happen if you embrace your suffering. If, if Jesus has made a way of victory for you through his suffering, if you embrace the season of suffering you might face what kind of victory what kind of victory could be waiting for you what kind of victory if jesus is suffering redeemed fallen man and he's transferring that to you he made victory through his suffering available what kind of victory does that look like i want you to think about my god this is good if, if Christ's suffering resulted in redemption, what does it mean that He's made us victorious through His suffering? When we face trials and tests of all sorts, James said, brothers, count it all joy. How can you count a test all joy? Because you know the one who made you victorious you might have to go through a season of testing, but there's victory, unprecedented victory on the other side of that. His, he, man, he paid for that. Don't sit, I, man. Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody this morning. Stirring. Don't you dare, in the middle of your test and trial, become one of those who slumps back in their seat and allows everyone else to run on ahead. Well, I guess that just wasn't for me. Well, that just, I guess that victory is just not for me. I guess, I guess breakthrough, just, that was meant for somebody else. That just wasn't meant for me. That's a lie from the devil. <laughs> Jesus went through suffering so that you could be victorious in yours. might be a season of testing yeah but there's victory and it's the only kind that jesus can give goodness thank you lord just pray with me for a moment thank you lord for your goodness come on just thank him for his goodness thank you for the resurrection this morning just give me a couple more moments. let's pray Thank you for joining the Celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccakron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father,